this is why you have to understand this simple truth. Write this point down. Being devoted never devalues a disciple. When you decide to be devoted, I'm telling you from my own life, man, I thought I was going to be a music producer that was out here producing for everybody and they mama. I, I had the skills, I had the talents, I had the favor. And I thought I was going to be on one of the verses. Uh, right now they're doing these things where producers are, are um, having their catalogs against other people's catalogs. Well, everybody just stretch your hands towards Teddy Riley and his uh, production team at this current moment. Anyway, <laughs> just love having fun in the church. Um, anyway, somebody's like, Susan, Teddy Riley, what is happening? <laughs> that went over a lot of people's head. Anyway, look it up. Um, but I thought I was going to be producing music. And when God told me, he said, shut the studio down and get in your Bible. This was my rich young ruler moment. And all of y'all are gonna have a moment like this where God says, you can go with what you think is gonna make you successful, or you can be devoted, take your vote away and follow me. And this was my moment. I was about 24 years old and the Holy Spirit said, shut the music down. I just built a studio and everything. I had stuff that was about to come out with HBO and Jill Scott and all this other stuff. And God said, shut it down. And at that moment, I battled because I wanted to be a bandwagon believer who supported the church, that gave money to the church, that attended church when it was convenient. Instead of being a devoted disciple who says, God, whatever you want from my life, you can have it. If it's music, you can have it. If it's my family, you can have it. If it's money, I was going to go this way. And I thank God for his Holy Spirit that helped me decide, no, 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 go devoted. You don't lose anything this way. Matter of fact, you gain everything. He was trying to give this young, rich ruler the Matthew 6, 33 test. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first what God wants from me. Seek first that he wants to heal my marriage and he wants to deliver me from pornography. Seek first that he wants to heal my heart. And then all these things will be added. I would not be sitting here talking you to you today with all of that God has done if I would have decided to be a bandwagon believer can I say it to you very straight you are forfeiting your purpose if you don't become devoted to God you cannot do God's plan without God. And so many of us want to get up on award shows and, and thank God for what he didn't have a part in. We want to get up in front of people and say, like, it was God who got me here, knowing it was our plan that got us there. And we never consulted with God unless we got in trouble or we were in the middle of a pandemic or that it was popular to be a Christian. But God is saying, who will stand up for me and say, no matter what comes and what goes, I'm going to be devoted. I gotta pray. Even if everything's good or if anything's going wrong, I gotta love my neighbors. Even when they do me right and even when they do me wrong, I am devoted. And I know ain't nobody preaching like this because they scared if you're gonna come back or not. But I ain't because I'm not devoted to you. I'm devoted to God. So when he dropped the, the, the sermon series that we were about to go into was a lot sexier than this one. <laughs> it, it, it was a lot more user-friendly. 
this would have been a lot more hooray excited and we're gonna get there next week but God said before we get into the candy and get into the things that people want to hear can I just raise up a few more soldiers that will be able to understand that it ain't always gonna be easy and it ain't gonna always be good and it ain't always gonna be a mountaintop and yeah you might lose your job but out of that loss of your job I'm birthing something new out of that loss of a loved one I'm giving you a deeper conviction to love out of that loss God is trying to teach us a lesson and he's saying that's what happens when you're a devoted disciple and today I just I just think if that scripture says don't conform to the patterns of this world then there has to be a pattern we have to conform to a pattern that God is setting and I think that I found the pattern of the devoted and then just the last few minutes that I have I want to give you this if you're going to be devoted you got to have these few ingredients the first thing that you have to have is a desire if you're going to be devoted you have to have everybody say a desire and this is the thing that a lot of people um, get messed up, especially for everybody who just came to Christ. And this is your first week and you're like, dang, Pastor Mike coming hard. And I just, you know what I'm saying? I just stopped smoking weed and scoring everybody last week. <laughs> like, this is a lot. Listen, listen to me. Listen to me. Okay, I got you. Right now, you get to go and skip all of the preliminary foolishness that most believers go through. You're getting an advanced class right now. That this is what God is giving. He's so good to you. I wish I would have got this. He's so good to you that the cycle that people usually get in after they give their life to Christ and they go in this cycle for the next two to three or four years, you get to skip all this and make a decision today that you know what? I'm going to be devoted. If you're going to be devoted, I need you to help me in the comments. I need to see him in the comments. Somebody say, I'm going to be devoted. I'm devoted. Somebody needs to say it right now. I see you. Travis said, I'm going to be devoted. Come on. Somebody else is saying that. Cheryl said, I'm going to be devoted. Hey, listen, everybody don't got to be on this, but there's some people that are saying, I'm going to be devoted. My family's going to be devoted. As for, do y'all know that's what the man of God said in the scripture? As for me and my house, he took his vote away. We are going to serve the Lord. And somebody needs to get that type of desire. Yeah. And this is the thing I got to encourage you. Desire doesn't have to be this big overwhelming thing. Because a lot of people are like, I really want to passionately desire to be more. I really want God to do more. You don't even have to do that. All you have to do is turn your heart towards God. That's good. God, I want to stop cussing these people out, and I want to love them, but I want to slap them. What you just did was take your heart from being turned away from it, and you just showed a little bit of desire. Some of you just need to make a decision today that, you know what? I desire to be better to my spouse. I desire to forgive my father. I desire. You don't have to do it to desire it. Somebody needs to hear this. You don't actually have to make action on it yet to desire it. And so many people stop desiring because they don't know how to do what they're desiring. But you can desire to get in shape even if you're eating. <laughs> even if you're eating some ice cream ice tea watching this right now. But desire it. And I'm coming in here to, to help somebody desire again. Like, like, stop believing the lies of the enemy that you can't even desire it. If you are in Christ, he tells you, I want you to get your mind and your perspective fixed on the right thing. Some of you need to change your desires. Some of you, your family has gone so far away from God. But today, in this thing, you're desiring my family will eat around the table. I'm desiring that my children will be saved. They're so far away right now, but you can have a desire even if you don't know how it's going to happen. 
Get your desire back. Some of you have stopped desiring to be in relationship because the last one broke you so bad. But God said, today I'm giving somebody their desire back. I I feel that thing. Somebody's getting their desire back right now. Some of you stopped desiring to be in ministry because the last ministry didn't recognize your gifting. But God said, I didn't call you to be affirmed by that ministry. I called you to be the minister. Ah! And now I need you to get a desire back. Some of you have a gifting to sing. I feel this. Somebody's pulling on me. Somebody has a gifting to sing. But because it didn't work out in another season, God's saying desire again. Desire again. Because if you're going to be devoted, you got to get a desire. You got to get a desire. Let me tell you a couple things you need a desire for. You needed to be a, have a desire to be used by God. And that could be your prayer this week. God, give me a desire that pleases you. Just, just give me a desire that pleases you. Give me a desire that, that brings you back to the center of my life. And once you get that desire, it doesn't have to be big. Let me help you. Let me help you. The Bible says it in Zechariah 4.10, it says, do not despise the small beginnings. It says, for the Lord rejoices to see the work. Everybody say begin. He, he just wants to see you begin to desire. He he just wants to see it happen. And this is the beautiful thing about desire in Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. Look what it says. For God is working in you. That's what he's doing right now as you're hearing this message. I know somebody's faith is being stirred right now. Somebody, your your flesh wants to go away and click away. But your spirit man is like, no, we need this. We got to hear this thing because you're going to be devoted. It's saying God is working in you right now, giving you the desire. And this is so good about our God that he will never give you a desire for something that he won't give you the power to do. It says he is working in you, giving you the desire. This is my favorite scripture and the power to do what pleases him. That is my favorite scripture because it has guided me as I've walked into being the CEO of a company, leading a multi-ethnic church standing on platforms that I don't have any degrees for. And God says, because you desired me, I gave you my desires for you. And when you have my desires for you, I'll give you the power to do what I desire. The reason some of y'all are so broken and so tired is because you've been using your power for your desires. I dare you to jump over into being devoted and you find out his desires and you get his power. I just said a mouthful right there. His desires, his power. Your desires, your power. If it's his desire for your marriage to be healed, tap into his power to forgive. Tap into his power to, to, to be able to love. And that's the first thing we have to do is get a desire. Let me tell you the second thing we got to do. If we're going to be devoted, we got to eliminate. Oh, yeah. We get a desire from God, but then we got to eliminate all of the foolishness. <laughs> and some of y'all have been trying to keep what is holding, holding you back and go into the future. And God says those two do not coincide. Comfort and growth are arch enemies. They cannot go together. You can't take all of your friends with you and be the leader of what God's called you to be. He said you're going to have to eliminate some things. And I'm coming to step on some toes because some of the things you need to eliminate are sitting next to you. Uh-oh. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha!
Some of y'all are in some relationships and some situationships and some things that, that are not helping you reach purpose right now. And we're going to talk about that in Relationship Goals Reloaded. Next week, I'm telling y'all, we starting a new series, Relationship Goals Reloaded, and I am reloaded. The clip is ready and full, and I'm coming for everybody, okay? But what I'm telling you right now is there are things that you need to eliminate in your life that are keeping you from being devoted. There are certain people that when you told them you made a decision to do something different, they'll encourage you back to the old you. Now, let's be honest. Are they really your friend? If you told them, I'm going to stop trying to do this, and they'd be like, you for real? After everything we've been through? Okay, never mind. Let's just do it one more time. You got some one more time, friends? You got some one more time? Uh, some one more time associates? Some one more time business partners? And what they're doing is they're trying to make you a bandwagon believer. I'll do it when it's convenient. And some of you need to make a decision. I don't just want the desire that God has for me, but I got to eliminate stuff. And this is the thing. God won't do what he's given you the power to do. And some of you have been praying away your problem and you're going to have to actually invite them out of your life. God's not going to do it. He's not going to do anything he gave you the power to do. Some of you need to turn your phone off after this message and don't turn it back on until it's a new number. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I need you to see that because there's so many things that you've been devoted to that are going to take you back to where you've been. And God's saying, I have a purpose for you. I have a plan for you. It's bigger than anything that you've ever seen, but you got to eliminate all of them. And guess what I found through elimination? Anything we give up for God comes back in a way that we actually need it. Anything that we think that we're giving up, oh, I'm giving up my community. Then God will surround you with godly community that will actually sharpen you and make you better. Well, I'm giving up my status. Oh, think about me being a music producer and he said yeah give that up and then I'll bring people to you they won't even know you do music and I will raise you up in something completely different for my glory he said anything that you give up for me I bring back in a different way that'll actually be healthy for you and be a part of my plan for your life but you only get that when you're devoted so it's time for people to start cutting it off there's some things you got to cut off. Somebody needs to put in the chat, cut it off. Some of them have names. Some of them are habits. Some of them are websites. You need to cut it off. You need accountability when you get here because eliminating things is hard to do when you're the only one who knows you're doing it. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to eliminate something because some of y'all, y'all know y'all done eliminated it for three hours and then you was back on the fourth hour because nobody even knew and you feel good about yourself because at least I tried. But God is saying to you, if you're going to be devoted, if you're going to take your vote away, you got to make a stance for some things and there are certain things that got to get cut off. I can stay there the rest of this message, but I'm going to just leave you with the scriptures. Hebrews 12, 1, it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowds of witnesses to the life of faith, to the life of people who've been devoted, for the people who said, no matter what happens, I'm taking my vote away and I'm trusting God. He said, let us strip off every weight. Let me put it a different way. Let us eliminate every weight that slows us down especially the sin that so easily trips us up and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. The thing I love about this scripture is most people think the scripture reads, let us eliminate every sin. And it does not start with sin. It says, let us eliminate every weight. Yes, 
that slows us down. It may not be a sin, but it may slow you down. Well, it ain't a sin to spend time with her. I'm just trying to build with her. She's a slowdown. <laughs> it's not a sin to be in this biz and this right now. That's a slowdown. It, it's not a sin to watch this TV show. That is a slowdown for you. And God says, eliminate everything that's slowing you down and the sin. That's in your life. And I'm just saying that if you're going to be devoted... You're going to take your vote away. You're going to commit to your decision more than your, your preference at the time. You got to get a desire. You got to eliminate things that are slowing you down. And then you got to get vision. I love the word of God because it tells us without a vision, people run wild. One translation says they cast, cast off restraint. Another translation says they stop caring. See, the problem with most of us is that because we have not had a desire for the things God wants for us, we don't eliminate the right, the, the, the wrong situations out of our life, and it blurs our vision. And what God is saying to all of us today is that we need to revision. The reason I'm saying that is because everything you thought was going to happen in 2020 has now been changed. Everything. And, and, and some of y'all are still in denial, like, no, 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 all of this is going to happen. Let me tell you what you need to do at this current moment. You need to sit at your house and you need to revision. You need to ask God, what is the vision for the rest of the year? What is the vision for my life? Because when I get a vision, I don't cast off restraint. I get focused where there is vision or prophetic insight, the Bible says, there is a flourishing that happens. That's why he tells us to write the vision down and make it plain so it can be read on the run and people can get that vision. All I'm saying for you, if you're going to be devoted, you need a desire. You need to eliminate everything that's slowing you down and you need to get fresh. Everybody say vision. Father, I pray that you're giving people vision right now. I think you're giving them not what they see in their, in their circumstance and what's around them, but for every business owner, I'm praying for somebody right now, for every student, for every person that's in this place that is lacking, Father God, what you are saying and what you are seeing. God, I thank you right now that they would close their eyes and you give them a fresh vision. I declare it, I believe it, and I trust you for it in Jesus' name. Somebody shout at me, vision. vision. Turn the keys off, I'm not done. I'm not done. Y'all ain't got nowhere to go. I don't know what y'all got to do right now, okay? I got a few more points because somebody needs this right now. You need to be devoted. God is saying take away the vote. I want you to be a devoted disciple. So you need a desire. You need to eliminate all distractions. You need to get fresh vision. And then you're going to have to do what some people call a cuss word. Obey. It's one thing to find out what God has for you. To eliminate all distractions. To see what God has for you. But if you don't obey what he tells you to do, it's all void. And I'm asking some of you that have been in a season of slow obedience is what I'm going to call it. Because a lot of people be like, it ain't, it ain't that I ain't going to do it. It's just I ain't done it yet. Do you know what slow obedience is? Disobedience. <laughs> Some of y'all, I just gave you a revelation right there. God told you to start writing that book last month. And we're a month and a half into the quarantine and the page is empty. And you say, well, I mean, they said the quarantine going to last another month. So I got it. Slow obedience 
is disobedient. Come on, somebody just needs to write that in the comments right now. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but if you're gonna be devoted, you have to obey at that moment. When God says, go up to that person and pray, you gotta go at that moment. When God says, I need you to give, even though you lost your job, you gotta obey at that moment. You don't know what the seed you're putting in the ground is even for. You don't know where they're about to blossom. You don't know. And God's saying, on the other side of your obedience is upgrade, but the, on the other side of your disobedient is disappointment. And until you start obeying without knowing what it affects, I mean, just think about it. If my child comes to me, and I'm getting, I'm getting a little heated just thinking about it. If my child comes to me and I say, Bella, put that down. Because it may be dangerous for her. We had this happen this week. She had some scissors. And Bella, she's getting smart and she know what to do with stuff. But she was running with the scissors. And she doesn't understand the implications of running with scissors. So I looked at her. I said, Bella, put those down. And then I turned around because, you know, sometimes with the parent tone that you know you have, you could be like, I know they, I know they did it. <laughs> I know they did it because that was, that was strong right there. I did that one. That was a good one. Huh? That was a good one. Huh? And that baby still had the scissors. And when I turned around and I looked at her with the scissors, still running, she actually upgraded it, Charles. She got on the little hoverboard thing. And she was riding the hoverboard with sit. Now, I need every parent that understands this is the point that if my wife would have saw this, I would have gotten in trouble. And y'all already know that that's what would have happened. But I, I was doing it for her safety. And what I told her in that moment was, because you're not listening and you're not obeying me, I have to take away the scissors and I have to take away the hoverboard. I had to take away what was harming you and what you were having fun with. Until you learned the lesson that when I speak, that when I tell you, that when I say it, and the whole reason I did it was for her good, but her slow obedience was disobedient. And what God is saying is, if you're gonna be devoted, you gotta get quicker on obeying me. You gotta do it when I say it. You gotta anticipate my instructions so you can be one that is trusted. I gotta get a desire from God. I gotta eliminate all the distractions. I gotta get a vision. I have to obey. That's why the first Samuel tells us that obedience is better than any sacrifice that we would ever make. Everybody's trying to, God, I'm giving you my life. I'm sacrificing my time. I'm sacrificing. He said, will you just obey? Like a lot of us are sacrificing things we wouldn't have to give up if we would obey. Yes. You missed it. That's good. The church just needs me to do this and that and the first and my family needs me to do that. No, those are all things you made up. God said, if you would obey me, you would have to sacrifice less and you will be walking under my divine instructions. And that's why we have to, everybody shout at me, obey. Okay, let me give you these last ones. The next thing that you're gonna have to do if you're gonna be devoted is trust. You're gonna have to trust that God's got everything under control. See, it's very hard. When I go back to the um, analogy, let's just use the Lakers for an example. Um, before these last couple of years, before LeBron got to L.A., the Lakers had a very um, tumultuous few seasons. And the one thing that I know about the Lakers is if they don't have any fans, my older brother, Gabriel Zarmesian Todd. Yes, Zarmesian is his middle name, and I do not know what my parents were thinking. Zarmesian Todd is a devoted Lakers fan. Yeah. That's my mama, that she can vouch for it. 
When I tell you that this man has jerseys on jerseys on jerseys, when I tell you that he cries as a grown, <laughs> he has cried when they have lost championships. He will fight with anybody. No, I like, and when I say this, I'm not, I'm not even playing. Like, I have video recordings of him arguing and about to swing on people over a team that doesn't even know he exists. He's devoted. He's unashamed of the gospel of the Lakers. Now you're laughing, but at this moment, you wouldn't have that much passion for the God who saved you. You wouldn't have that much fight in you for the God who delivered you and brought your family back. And as I was thinking about this, I asked Gabe, I was like, what's happening? Because he never stopped repping the Lakers even when they were trash. He would literally come out in a Kobe Bryant jersey and Kobe didn't play no more. He would literally come out in a Shaq jersey and Shaq wasn't nowhere to be found. And I said, Gabe, what are you doing? He said, I'm just trusting the management. I said, what? He said, don't worry. There's stuff they're not talking to us about. The management's working even while we're losing. Even while we're in a losing season, I'm trusting the management. And I came to tell somebody today, if you're going to be devoted, even when it looks like you're in a losing season, you need to trust the management. Even when I don't see it, he's working. Even when I don't feel it, he's working. The song says he never stops working. And I need somebody to understand that when you're devoted, when it looks like everything's going down, when it looks like everything's burning up, when it looks like we're losing, you still got to trust the manager. And our manager has a great reputation. His name is Jehovah Jireh, the God that will provide. He is the one that is at the beginning and the end. They call him Alpha and Omega. He's the one that sees you in the middle and he's the one that has charted your course. Trust the management. Hey. And that's why the Bible tells us in Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't depend on what ESPN shows you. Don't depend on what you see the scoreboard being. Don't depend on what CNN and Fox News and MSNBC has said. He said, don't depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. So we got to get a desire. We got to eliminate all distractions. We got to get a new vision, revision. We got to obey God. We got to trust. And this is my first one. Th this is my favorite one. You got to get an expectation. So when you get an expectation, after you devote your life to God, after you devote your life, you should have an expectation. God about to do some crazy stuff in my life. Right, hold on. I gave up that. I actually wrote down the vision for that. I actually obeyed when he told me to give in that end of the year offering. I, oh, snap. I've been trusting God the whole time. God about to do some dumb stuff in my life. <laughs> like, I don't know about y'all, but in the middle of the pandemic, I'm looking for the blessing. I don't know about y'all, but while it's dried up for everybody else, I'm looking for the best season of my life. While everybody else is in panic, I'm in praise. There is a praise on the inside of me that cannot be quieted because I'm expecting because when you're devoted, you get to last through the losing seasons, but you get to celebrate in the winning seasons. And there are so many people. I think about all of the people who've been faithful for years. Think about all the people who've been looked over, but you kept doing what God told you to do. I'm thinking about all the people 
who are even on the front lines right now and when you were afraid for your own family but you kept showing up to work and meeting the needs of other people and police officers making house calls and, and people delivering groceries even in that I want you to know that God never requires anything from you that he's expecting you to live your life without he said I need you to get an expectation that I'm about to do something in your life that, that, that doesn't make sense I think the scripture says it like this in 1 Corinthians 2 9 that eyes haven't seen nor ears have heard nor has it even entered in the mind of your imagination what God has prepared I love that because it means that it was already prepared before you decided to be devoted there are things waiting on you right now God said if you would jump in the stream of taking your vote away and serve me and give and read your word and love others and be devoted he said, I've already got something with your name on it. It was already prepared for you. Look what it says. All your qualification is to love me. And the reason I, I put that in there is that he's already got it prepared for those who love him. Love is a term of devotion. You can't love anybody. If you read 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient. Love is kind. Love keeps no record of wrong. Hold up. You done messed over me four times. You done, you done done it all this time. Like, think about it. You only can love somebody you have devoted to. So a lot of people say they love their spouse, but their opinion is louder in their relationship than their submission. So, so they're not devoted. Like, I have to say it as strong as I feel it right now. God is asking some of you, to take your vote away. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to love my spouse. I'm going to finish my schoolwork. I'm going to honor my parents. I'm going to do, I'm taking my vote away. And that's going to prove who you really love. Because anytime you love something, you take your vote away. There's tons of things that I do for my wife. Not because I want to. It's because I committed my life to her. And when I committed my life to her, I gave her my vote. When I commit my life to Christ and I'm really the minister, I give him my vote. So if it's not Easter and you tell me to keep inviting people every week and don't just invite 10 people for the intentional challenge, you at home all day, invite 20 people. Oh, am I committed to it because Transformation Church told me to do it? Or am I committed to it? Am I devoting? Because I know this is part of God's plan for my life. If we're in this room and we're honest, most of us have gotten off of this continuum at some point. Our desire, we got it for a second. But dang. I didn't eliminate the things I needed to eliminate. And now it's giving me blurry vision. And I don't really want to obey. <laughs> and I really don't trust God. That's why I'm looking to all these other sources right now. And I don't really have an expectation. But if you reverse that, ugh, and you get just a little desire, and you eliminate those distractions and those weights, and you get a new vision, and you obey God, and you trust Him, and you expect, do you know what it equals? It equals discipline.
And some of y'all wanted to equal something else. But what God is calling for us to be is devoted what? Disciples. That word actually means disciplined ones. All God is looking for is people he can count on that will do this same thing over and over and over and over. I need you to be disciplined. Discipline is just being the same, doing the same thing. I'm committed to it. I don't have to get off of it. If something new comes, if something new goes, if something old comes, if something old goes, I'm disciplined. And this is the beautiful thing I need everybody to understand because people ask me all the time, does this Christian walk get easier, Pastor Mike? No, you get stronger. It doesn't get easier, you get stronger. And what happens is the desire turns into discipline. I don't ever wake up desiring to go to the gym. But after I get disciplined to do it for a long time, the days that I miss the gym, I start desiring it. It's like, dang, yeah, nah, I got to go work out. I ain't gonna let this thing. And what I'm telling you is if God could just get a few devoted people to get in this process, the discipline that he's trying to building your life is going to produce what he wants to see and what you want to see in your life. And that's why this last scripture, Hebrews 12, 11, it says, no discipline, none is enjoyable while it's happening. Can I give you the truth? It's painful. But afterwards, everybody say afterwards. I love this. There will be peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. So take a new grip with your tired hands. And this is the part where I want somebody who's feeling tired. God saying this whole message, bandwagon believers, was for you to make a decision. That's not how you're going to live your life. You're going to take a new grip today with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. He said, mark out a straight path for your feet so those who are weak and lame will not fall but become strong. And the word for this year that God gave us in our vision series was stronger. And I just had to obey God. God's desire for us is to get the discipline to the point where we're stronger. And I speak that over your life right now. That this is not the year where you're going backwards. Even in the middle of a pandemic, you're going forward. That God is giving you the desire to do what pleases him. We're eliminating all distraction. Our vision is getting clearer. We will obey what God says to do. We will trust him and in our trust we will expect that good things are on the way and we will have discipline. What does that spell when you put it all together? Oh, we're devoted. I'm trying to give you a pattern to live your life by. You can do this for your marriage, you can do this for your family. You can be devoted at, at your job, with your body. You can be, but it's going to take all of these things. And today God said, could you just be my devoted disciple? If I could distill this all the way down, I love my dad. He told me this example and he said, Michael, um, he said, it's like breakfast at a farm. He said, at breakfast at a farm, he said, there's a cow, a chicken, and a pig. And I was like, dad, where in the world are you going with this story? Is this spiritual? I have no idea. And my dad, he always got these little deep sayings. He said, Michael, bandwagon believers are like cows and chickens at breakfast. He said, they give a piece of themselves. 
The cow gives the milk and the chicken gives the egg. But for the pig to be at the breakfast, he has to sacrifice his life. And when he said it, it hit me. That the pig was devoted to that meal. And the cow and the chicken only had to give a piece of them when it was convenient. And today, I'm thinking that God wants all of us not to give a piece of us. He wants us to give him our whole life. That's what devotion is. And this is the beautiful thing about our God. He never asked you to give something that he didn't give first. So that's what we celebrated last weekend is Jesus being the sacrifice and devoting himself to us even before we devoted ourselves to him. And today he's saying, hey, uh, I know it's popular right now to be a Christian, but there may come a different time where it's not. Are you still going to ride for this? Are you still going to? pray for people are you still going to give are you still going to sow are you still going to invite will you be what Romans 1:16 says I am unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ for it is the power of God that saved me or will you jump off the bandwagon when it's not as convenient today I want to pray over you every person that's watching that something deep on the inside of you would not be just convinced, but convicted that in light of everything that Christ has done for us, there's no way I can walk around and not be devoted to him. If you're watching this and you feel something in your heart stirring and you want to be devoted, just lift your hands. I'm going to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I declare and I believe, Father God, that what you have done in this place today is painted a clear picture of your desire for us. That you want us, Father God, to have your desire. You want us to eliminate those things that are not like you, Father. You want to give us clear vision, Father God. You want us, Father God, to obey you, Father God. God, you want us to trust you. Father God, even in this moment, Father, I just hear that, golly, there are people right now that said I was devoted in one season, but it seemed like it didn't work. And today God is saying, I am coming to restore your trust in me. I thank you that we'll trust again, God. I thank you, Father God, that people are going to begin to move from the places that have kept them down and low, Father God. And I thank you, Father God, that everybody's going to get a new expectation. That, Father God, we would be disciplined. And, Father, we would, we would be ones that would stand up no matter what anybody does, no matter what culture does. And we say, Father, we'll be not bandwagon believers, but we are devoted disciples. Today, I pray that over everybody listening. And I thank you again that it's not just something that I have to be convinced of. It's my new conviction. I obeyed you today in delivering this word, God, because I'm devoted to you. And God, I thank you that people would stand, no matter if it was in front of two people or 200,000, and they would obey you wherever they are, God. We trust you, we believe you, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Come on, if you're a devoted believer right now and you're a devoted disciple, why don't you give God praise right there in your house? I feel the presence of God. Something is rising up on the inside of you. And if you're in this place and you've never given your life to Christ, 
1,600 plus gave it to him last week. And God says, today's your day. Make a decision to become devoted. If you give your life to Christ today, I'm going to promise you one thing, that God will never leave you or forsake you. And you're talking to somebody who knows, because I've messed up a ton of times. I was addicted to pornography, a liar, a manipulator, somebody who had a lot of bad things in my heart. And when I gave my life to Christ and I devoted myself, I said, I'm not going to listen and let money lord over me. I'm not going to let people and fame and all that lord over me. I'm devoting. He took my broken pieces and he gave me a desire. And he put me on this wheel and my desire has turned into discipline. And I am devoted. Today I want to offer you that same gift. If you're watching this right now, live or on playback, God said this, today is the day of salvation. And I want to pray with you. If that's you right now on the count of three, wherever you are, at your table, at your house, in your car, running on, on the track outside, I want you to lift your hand on the count of three. One, you're making the greatest decision you've ever made. Two, don't care about who's in the room. God is in the room with you. Three, come on, just shoot your hand up in the air. If you're watching on the chat right now, just push the button that says, I'm raising my hand, or, or, or just put, I want to be saved right there. Hey, listen, I'm about to pray with you. And at Transformation Church, we're a family. We don't pray alone. So I want everybody to pray this prayer together for the benefit of those who are coming to Christ. It's happening all over the world right now. I'm so excited. Somebody say, God, thank you for sending Jesus just for me. Thank you for being devoted to me when I wasn't devoted to you. Today, I surrender my life and I give you everything. Change me. Renew me. Transform me. I'm yours from this day forward in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we celebrate? I need y'all to turn up in your house right now. Turn up.